If you are listening to this podcast, it means you're searching, searching for someone who understands you, someone who gets you. You are yearning to be understood and to belong. Welcome to the Someone Gets Me podcast, where we help smart, talented, and sensitive people navigate an often insensitive world. I am Diane Allen, your host. My roles as ambassador, author, speaker, and intuitive mentor for bright and talented people are woven into each episode. I have the experience and knowledge to educate and inspire as I have been there and I understand your unique intensities, sensitivities, and challenges. Welcome. Where should the sink go? Imagine, friends, just for a moment, that you are a member of a team, a group, maybe colleagues or working or family or friends, and you get called into a meeting or into a room, and there's other people, five or six other intelligent, creative, dynamic people that you know well, that are staring at a sink. It's hooked up. It's in the room. The room is being repurposed and remodeled. And they're looking at the sink, pondering the sink. And you walk in. And the discussion progresses with where should we put the sink? Where should the sink go? And some people talk about different uses of the sink and what kind of counter it should have. And you're standing there going, And why did I get called in here? And so there could be a lot of emotions. Maybe you're excited because you just got distracted from something you didn't want to do and you get to be in this conversation about a sink. Or maybe you know that this space is being designed, that you will be using it, and you're so grateful that you were called in for this discussion, even though it kind of seems elementary. Or maybe you're really annoyed that there's five or six other people and can't someone decide what to do with the sink. Or maybe you're the person who loves to map out the room and maybe you want to change the sink. See, there's so many different ways that a gifted neurodiverse person can handle this kinds of situations. A lot has to do with your own personal situation, whether you were interrupted or whether the meeting was scheduled and who the people are, whether it's home or work or friends. And it all also depends on your timing, right? Like, are you busy with something else and this is an interruption? Or is it a distraction because you were busy doing something you didn't want to do and it's a beautiful distraction? Or maybe because you're involved in the space, you got brought in to the discussion and maybe you didn't want to be part of the discussion. Or maybe you did. You see how the way we would process it based on context and situation and timing and our own level of regulation that particular day would give us a myriad of different responses we could have, both internally and externally. And so in my work with gifted people and being one myself, these are conversations and these are scenarios that are real. I opened a a meeting recently with someone and the discussion ensued about where the sink should go. Now, as we process this person's experience, 
what, what I learned later, which I find to be very apropos for this conversation, is that the sink was being moved six inches. That's right. You heard me, six inches. So anyway, it's one of those things that happens to all of us. And we'll have different responses on different days for different reasons. And in that experience and in these meetings, might you say, or maybe these collaborations, we get to learn about ourselves and our own neurodiversity and our own way of navigating the world. Because see, everybody has a sweet spot. You have a sweet spot. You might be the person who is really getting into this conversation about the six inch, six inch moving of the sink. Or you might be somebody who's like, why am I standing in this room? This is ridiculous. Six inches means nothing. I have things to do. Or you might be happy to see your other colleagues or friends and family or whoever they all are in the room and be happy to see them and seeing it as a nice break from your day. And no matter how you're responding, you're right. Because see, it's not the situation. It's not the sink. It's how you handle your response to the situation. That's where your joy and happiness is or your stress is, is in your response to the situation. Now, people with overexcitabilities and people who are intuitive or empathic and have a lot of sensitivity, we sometimes can overreact to those situations or react in a way that surprises us. Like, why am I so frustrated with this? It's only a sink. Or why did I get called in here? Because it's only a sink. All those different responses. So we get to learn about where our priorities are, where our mindset is, and we get to learn from our self-talk. And one of the things I'd like you to think about is your self-talk. How do you speak to yourself? about yourself and about others and about situations in general. What kind of environment is your inner landscape? Is it free of landmines and so other people have a safe trip through your consciousness or could anyone get blown up at any time? Is it beautiful, kind, compassionate, understanding? Or is there a lot of judgment? And then disappointment and expectation that is creating kind of rifts and static. What is happening in your inner landscape? Now, you all know me. And if you haven't listened to this podcast before, I'm Diane and I'm an intuitive mentor for gifted people. And what I do all the time is act as the person reading the outside of the situation to help shine the light for people within. Because I believe everybody has their own answers, but I also believe we can't read a label from inside the jar. So when we have another gifted, intuitive person in, in relation with us, then we get to see things from different perspectives and deeper and more alive. And so I have the honor and the privilege of being that person that reads the label and shines lights in places and allows people who are naturally amazingly sensitive and gifted to step into their sovereignty and their agency in ways that maybe they never saw before or maybe they wondered about and had a lot of questions. 
or a lot of hesitation. And so I told you the story about the sink because I think it's a great representation of our lives that a lot of times we are cruising through life, being busy, doing our thing, taking care of our family and our friends and ourselves and making sure we have work-life balance and making sure we're doing this and doing that. And then there's a sink, a simple conversation that can yield all kinds of responses and can have many different outcomes. And so this episode is to help us slow down a little bit and just pay attention to what are you saying? So you could have judged that situation if that was you walking into the room. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to be the one stuck doing this. Can't somebody else make this decision? Or it could be, wow, this is kind of fun and creative. Do we get to change the sink or are we just moving the sink? Or it could be one one of those where you get to just stand back and watch the other people work on the sink. Just sit there and watch all the other people talking about it. You get to be the observer. In any scenario of things about sinks or something similar, you will see that as an intensely sensitive person, your experience of whatever is happening will be a bit different than others who are not intensely sensitive. An example I use is people who don't have intensities, which are overexcitabilities, and high spiritual sensitivities like extreme intuition and empathic skills coming together, which is very common in twice exceptional people. The people who don't have this challenge, and I think sometimes it's a real, a real challenge, often can go from one thing to the other, transition, move, you know, talk about the sink and then go do something else fairly easily. But for the intensely sensitive, intuitive, empathic person, transitions can be very difficult. Transitions from working on something that you love or something you didn't love and then getting distracted into something else because you can't get back to where you were exactly after the distraction. And so how do we handle that? Well, the first place to look for how you're handling it is in your mind. What are you saying to yourself about the nature of the distraction or interruption? Are you allowing others to call you off, you know, off of your point what you were doing before? Or are you making the decision to respond? Because just because your phone rings doesn't mean you have to answer it. Though we're trained to do that, right? Oh, somebody texts us, we have to answer it right away. Well, that's not true. Just because it rings doesn't mean we have to answer it. And we certainly don't have to answer it right away. So one thing I'd like to suggest is that when somebody distracts you or something tries to distract you, to give yourself a choice point. And rather than jumping in and going right at it, to stop for a moment, like literally give yourself just a moment to take one breath, one breath, and make a choice. Now you could say, hmm, that's an interesting request. Let me put aside what I'm doing now and focus my attention on the sink. That's one breath. 
And by you doing that, you retain your sovereignty and your authority and the other people are not controlling you. So you don't become an emotional slave to the situation. If you just let people pull you off without you making that that decision, you become their emotional slave. So it's important that we practice as twice exceptional gifted people. I think all people too, really having choice points that just because somebody calls your name doesn't mean you have to answer just because your phone rings doesn't mean you have to answer just because there's a meeting doesn't mean you have to jump and stop right away. Now it could be urgent and you do need to go right, but that you still have time for one breath because you're going to be breathing on the way there. Anyway, you take a breath and in that breath, you make an inner decision and To decide means cut out all other possibilities. You decide to put down whatever you're working on that you're being distracted from, right? Knowing you're going to get back to it, make the decision to say, I put you down. And then basically in your mind's eye, you pivot and you pay attention to whatever it is that you're being asked to do. Because then when that activity is done, you can take a breath. And with intention and focus, pivot right back to whatever you were previously working on. I think where a lot of sensitive people get all get themselves stressed out and burned out is thinking that we have to answer everything right away all the time, like everything's an emergency. And, you know, when I've run large treatment centers, I would say to the staff, if it's that big of an emergency, call 911. I'm not the person you call right away if it's that big of a deal. And people would look at me funny and I'm like, well, think about this for a moment. If we let ourselves get fragmented and pulled in a gazillion directions, because we can do it, we can, but it's not good for us. It's not healthy. And it's also not good for the people around us. Because Plato said, we teach people how to treat us. So if you allow people to control your time and your attention and your behavior, by demands, reasonable or not. If you allow others to control those things, you become the slave. So living in a reactionary state is counterproductive for everyone. Now we're taught in this culture to be reactionary because that comes from fear and you can be easily controlled when you're living in fear and you're being reactionary because then you're just focusing all over the place and you're running around in circles, and you get distracted. That's not good for you. What is good for you is having an internal locus of control, paying attention to your inner landscape in your mind, your thoughts, in your heart, how are your feelings going, and in your gut or your spiritual part of you of your connection to the universe. Like, what's your essence saying about all this? Does it feel right? Does it land on you in a, in a compassionate, yummy kind of way, something you want to engage in, what is happening? And unless it's a life and death emergency, which means 9-11 should have been called, then you're allowed to take one breath and make a choice about how you want to respond to whatever it is. So when you get called into the room about the sink, you could say, oh, you guys handle the sink and walk right back out if you wanted to. Or you could say, I got called in here for what reason exactly? Or you could participate in 
the discussion. Or you could say something outlandish just to show everybody that it's a goofy request. And then there's about 500 other answers or more. You are all thinking of them as I'm talking. And all of them are valid. Some are more effective and build rapport and relationships better. And some do not. So your goal is to make decisions from your internal locus of control, looking at the greater good, and you're included in the greater good. So one of my questions I ask myself is, is what I'm about to do or what I'm doing for the highest good of all concerned? The highest good, not good or okay, but the highest good. And I'm included in that all concerned. And some days, you know, I do it really well. And other days I mess it up. It's not about perfection. It's about focus on, am I paying attention to the greater good? Am I showing up in my agency and my sovereignty in a way that is impactful and meaningful to whoever the group is, whether it's my family, my colleagues, my friends, whatever it is, am I showing up? And it's going to be different and look different day to day, hour to hour and whoever the other people are, and it's all okay. Because you are multidimensional. You can be the professional educated person and speak in that language. I've been doing mental health and substance abuse treatment for many, many years, and I can speak that language, and often we use words that someone who doesn't have that same education would not know. They'd know it was English, but they wouldn't really understand the definition. And that's totally okay, right? You might be somebody who is a scientist and you have a different language set than somebody who is a sculptor or a musician. And I work with a lot of musicians and they have a different language. They think differently. I also work with a lot of scientists. They have a different language. They think differently. And then I work with corporate people and they have a different language and they think differently. And all of them have unique ability, but there's a similarity. And the similarity is honoring their own inner structure. Calling back the parts of you that you gave away to others that created this energetic enslavement. Because no boss, no other person, no idea, nothing gets to run your life. You get to run your life. That's how it goes. So what I'd like you to do, and I don't know what's going on here, what I'd like you to do is to ponder for a moment your inner landscape. Just a moment. Are you kind and compassionate to yourself first and then others? Do you seek understanding? How do you relate to your own inner world and to the world of others? So today I ask you, where should the sink go? And does it matter whether that sink moves six inches, seven inches, eight inches, or doesn't move at all? What really matters is your relationship, your relationships with others and yourself and your higher vision in the scenario of the sink. So what is your relationship with your colleagues or friends or family? 
and how you respond to be that request about the sink impacts those things. What about yourself? Because if you act all snappy, you might regret it later, right? And what about how it affects your own inner vision and your own purpose? So it's never about the thing. It's not about the thing. It's not about the event. It's about our inner landscape and how we respond to our inner landscape and our outer landscape. That's what matters. So friends, I hope that I've asked some questions and you got to enjoy this story with me a little bit. And you start paying attention a little bit more deeply to how you show up in your, in your sovereignty, how you show up in relation to others, to yourself, and to our world at large. Until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, put your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're rock stars. You're here on purpose with a mighty purpose. So go out there in the world and allow yourself to be who you are with love, kindness, and compassion. Until the next episode, be well. Are you tired of searching for someone to understand you? Join our Facebook group, Someone Gets Me. In this group, you will be able to connect with others who are intense, sensitive, smart, and talented. I share my insights and teachings, and you can connect with others in a real, authentic, safe forum. So join us today, Someone Gets Me.